Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and around the world on the NSN app. If you don't have it, go out and get it. And another wild, wild week in the world of politics as July 4th, Independence Day, is now past us. And the news is, well, the news of public interest, whether it's regard to COVID, whether it's regard to Black Lives Matter, whether it's regard to statues and cancel culture and the United States Senate seemingly up for grabs, presidential election 2020, uh, momentous Supreme Court rulings, uh, international uh, affairs, the leader of Brazil has been tested positive for coronavirus. Brazil uh, way up there in the country is number two as far as infections out there. And he has been a essentially a, well, I don't know if they want to call it a COVID denier, but uh, certainly of those of a COVID skeptic of the efficacy of the COVID-19 pandemic. And the United States withdraws from the WHO. Uh, there's just there's just so much. Uh, schools, will schools reopen in the fall? Uh, big debate going on right now, and obviously something that really matters. At the same time, we see an uptick in violence, in shootings, in murders in the big cities uh, and the like. But first and foremost, I want to start with, with July 4th in particular, uh, because it's a little bit unnerving. It's a little bit sad. It's disappointing. Uh, the way in which July 4th has now become a political lightning rod uh, on either side of the politi- of the divide. I think most Americans don't see it that way, don't see it the way the far right is looking at this and the far left is looking at this, uh, that July 4th is about a essentially a white, exclusive American culture heritage that excludes others. Or the way the left is increasingly dangerously uh, uh, looking at July 4th and the founding fathers and the founding principles of our country as being uh, hopelessly racist and being stained, having been stained by those who have dispossessed others. and I thought the president actually gave a great speech at Mount Rushmore uh, back last Friday night. And I think that that speech is something we should all internalize. I think that the politics around everything that's going on have complicated the message that he is trying to give. But if you listen carefully to what he said and what the theme of his speech is essentially but we still believe in American exceptionalism. And I believe in American exceptionalism. And I believe, especially as an American Jew, as one who, for the first time, essentially a country that was founded on freedom of religion and the ability to openly practice and profess and identify uh, as a Jew, something that was not afforded to our people for hundreds of years. Um, I think that that is a special thing. That is a special thing about America and the way America has taken in uh, so many from around the world, so many of the unfortunate and dispossessed. And I think that is a, uh, America continues, there should be a beacon of hope and light to 
of democracy and freedom and liberty from around the world. But there are a lot of people who want to go ahead and throw, well, they want to just tarnish that legacy entirely. And anybody, well, the fact is that, uh, you know, some of our, many of our founding fathers were, were slave owners, were engaged in slavery. Slavery is inexcusable and racist. And, you know, at the time, certainly was not, was, was more complicated and more nuanced than that. And I have to differentiate. I don't think you can go ahead and lump Thomas Jefferson in with the generals of the Confederacy. And I think by that time, by the time that came around 100 years later, uh, the country was convulsing in a very different manner, in a very different way. Uh, And I think that the principles upon which this country stands and upon which this country was founded uh, still still exist and the Declaration of Independence is probably in my view the most important political document in history the fact that people were willing collectively to throw off the yoke of a tyrant to throw off a yoke of the idea that one uh, one man can own another and that one man can uh, can essentially own all the property and liberty of another and could go ahead and uh, and exercise that, and then declare themselves free by virtue of the fact that they are collectively decided to be free, collectively decided to choose their own destiny. Now, that was not afforded, of course, to those that, that were enslaved, and that is a problem, and that is a uh, something to grapple with. And the great thing about America that it has grappled with the past, and that it continues to grapple with the past, and that we continue to have a culture that allows that, that allows dissent, and that allows freedom of ideas and expression, which is increasingly uh, under siege in many college campuses and many issues, areas of academia that you have to be, uh, you have to only sit within the confines of what's acceptable and the safe spaces and the like. And But the classic Western liberal idea is still an important one, and it's important for us to believe in it, and it's important for us to express it. Uh, against the backdrop, however, of calling, um, you know, the president, it does tend to complicate things because I think this is an important message. And the cancel culture about that is an important message that we don't just say that we won't listen to anybody. Uh, the idea that a sitting senator from Arkansas, even if you believe that his reasoning was flawed, that a sitting senator from the state of Arkansas, Tom Cotton, cannot write an op-ed in the New York Times saying that we cannot allow lawlessness in our streets and we have to go ahead and send in the army. Okay, you might disagree with the idea, but the idea that the editor who allowed that should be fired, should be expunged from his job, should be thrown out because of his judgment to allow the free exchange of ideas, that's not what America is all about. That shouldn't be what America is all about. That is the kind of culture, that idea of, well, we're only going to allow these things that are acceptable. We're only going to allow these people into our history that are acceptable. That is something that, was tried in communist Russia, that was tried in the Soviet Union, to control the narrative history, to only allow certain things, to not allow ideas, to not allow any dissent. That's not what America is. And we have to be careful of that. We have to be careful of that from the right. We have to be careful about that from the left. And it wasn't just communist Russia. There are totalitarian regimes on the right that have done the same thing. And I think that that's the president was was getting to that, was saying that liberty, the, the ideals that the country, the United States of America was founded on, 
in on July 4th, 1776, that we fought for, are still important today, even if we find flaws with those who founded the country. I can't imagine that we're going to turn around, and and I know the president says, has said it flippantly in the past, but he's 100% right. Where does it end with certain things? Are you going to go ahead and start taking, are we going to rename Washington, D.C.? Are we going to rename the state of Washington because George Washington was a slave owner? Thomas Jefferson, in addition to being having been president, was the founder of the Democratic Party. Are all these woke Democrats going to turn around and say, well, we resigned from the Democratic Party because Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner who owned it? And I love the fact that they trot out all these Thomas Jefferson descendants, both black and white, to say that Jefferson, um, you know, Jefferson was bad. <laughs> it's... I, I don't know why just because you're a descendant of somebody you have ownership over his legacy. I think we collectively as Americans have ownership over the legacy of the presidents and those people. Uh, the fact is Thomas Jefferson founded the University of Virginia, a great institution. Are we going to go ahead and say that that didn't happen? Woodrow Wilson at Princeton. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that we need to be aware of. And, you know, those that forget the lessons of history are doomed to repeat it. And it's simple. We have to remember historically all the good and the bad and debate it and discuss it. That doesn't mean we cancel it out. That doesn't mean we expunge it. Our history is something we live with. And as Jews, we understand the concept of history. We understand the idea that we have gone on for so many years with a collective memory, with a collective conscience, with a collective understanding. And we found a place in the United States of America, that's very special. And I think that's important. It's important for us to understand that and important for us to identify with these ideals, which were back in 1776, were in not just, I know we call it revolutionary, you know, due to the war, but it was a revolution. It was a revolution of thought as well. It was a full, total revolution that we've never seen before. And I think that that was actually a great speech by President Trump. Unfortunately, it overshadowed by some of the other things that go on. And I've said this before. The president sometimes steps on his own message. The next day, he was tweeting about Bubba Wallace having to uh, apologize for the noose incident in his garage. Although, uh, remember, if you, look at, if you think about the story— uh, and then, of course, that led NASCAR to ban Confederate flags. And he wouldn't say whether that meant that he wants Confederate flags back. But there does the backdrop of this does, does seem to be around the Confederate generals and the Confederacy. Uh, the one thing about the Confederacy is I don't think we turn around and we ignore and we forget the history of the Civil War. But we should, what we should be doing and what we should be uh, understanding here is that the Civil War was a rebellion against the United States. And why would we celebrate and commemorate and uh, and uh, the all the people who led armies against the United States of America? And that is the symbol of Confederacy. Um, and that's uh, that's appropriate. We can talk about the Confederacy. We just don't have to celebrate and commemorate. Not everybody gets an army base named after them. Not everybody gets a street. Not everybody gets a statue. 
Only people of great stature should get statues. So I think we need to differentiate between the two. And the problem is I think the president politically has been defending the Confederate statues when at the same time, I don't think it's a slippery slope to Thomas Jefferson. I don't think it's a slippery slope to Andrew Jackson. I don't think it's a slippery because those were symbols of the United States. I don't think we have to celebrate our enemies. And the Confederacy were our enemies at the time. They felt that uh, their great decision that they could secede and, and commit sedition against the United States of America. So, I mean, there's so much going on. It's going to be a little bit of a short show due to the fast day. But uh, want to tackle, I mean, today we're going to see the tax return decisions as to whether the president's tax returns will be furnished um, will be furnished by uh, to the Congress or and or could be both could be, or to the Manhattan DA. Um, the Tulsa rally, the health department in Tulsa is saying that uh, up to 500 people may have gotten sick at the rally. Um, that the president held for the re-election back in Tulsa. Uh, the school will be reopen- reopening debate. Uh, the president is pushing very hard to, open re- to reopen schools. And CDC went back to the drawing board to redo the guidelines uh, on school reopening. Votes are still not counted in many primaries in New York. And, uh, you know, that's... <laughs> it's pretty incredible weeks later we still don't have results get ready buckle your seatbelts for november of 2020 with our general election and what that is going to look like with all the mail-in voting that is coming uh it's going to be it's going to be quite remarkable so i talked about a little bit oh well, let me just give a quick uh uh political rundown here okay just what it looks like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Nebraska second have been moved by Cook Political Report, which is a nonpartisan report, which is usually very, 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 very good. Um, Trump trailing Biden significant margins in battleground stage. Pennsylvania by eight points, Michigan by nine points, Wisconsin by nine points. He's running behind Biden in Florida and North Carolina. Okay, what Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Nebraska, the second district, have been moved from toss up to lean Democrat. Maine, once in lean Democrat, moves to the safer, likely Democrat category. Georgia is now joined Arizona, North Carolina, and Florida in the toss up column. And Biden now favored, they say, for Arizona and Florida. Um, Maine's second district, remember, Maine splits their electoral votes, has moved from likely Republican to lean Republican. So the electoral map is looking, there's still a lot of time for a rebound, uh, a lot of time. And I think a lot is going to go on who Joe Biden picks for the vice presidential nod. Um, last moment about Bill de Blasio and uh, just uh, the incredible um, tone deafness of Bill de Blasio, a record setting weekend for violence in, in uh, New York State, and he just blamed it on COVID-19. He just said, well, it's not about the police. It's not about uh, the anti-police. It's not about all this stuff that he's done to defund the police. And uh, people are cooped up. They don't have things to do, so they engage in violence. That's essentially what he said. He went ahead and excused it. said, well, what do you expect them to do? They've been cooped up for a long time. Incredible. What can you say about a mayor like Bill de Blasio? Um, not enough. Not enough. 
he is the politician that makes others look great increasingly. And uh, thankfully for Governor Cuomo, who has issues of his own with uh, all kinds of uh, with all kinds of issues, uh, he has Bill de Blasio to fall back on as as bad as he might look uh, with uh, nursing homes and all the other things. Of course, he denies the nursing home scandal. He has Bill de Blasio to fall back on. Anyway, that's it for here on Spin Class here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs. See you next week. Have an easy fast all, and uh, may we have a meaningful three weeks Bain Hamitzarim as we uh, think about the Khurban of the Beis HaMikdash and all that has befallen us in our history. Very important to never forget it.